Patriots beat. Uh, my first time hosting, Mike Cadlick here from CLNS Media, filling in for Ryan Spagnoli from Pat's Pulpit slash CLNS now, but that's beside the point. I'm here with uh, 98.5 The Sports Hubs, Alex Barth. Alex, how are we doing? How are we doing, Mike? It's like I, I made this analogy the other week. I feel like a Jets quarterback with all the rotating OCs and head coaches on the other side, but uh, happy happy to do this with you. Oh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, debut host, but... Uh, We'll take it, take it as it goes. We'll start with uh, some Patriots news that came down the pipe about an hour or two ago, and it had to do with uh, 2022 seventh-round draft pick Andrew Stuber, uh, swing swing interior lineman. He was already on the reserve NFI list, but it came out from uh, Aaron Wilson from, from Pro Football Network that he tore his hamstring. So not a good start to the career of Andrew Stuber, who looks like he may be out for um, a good period of time. Yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't – I didn't expect him to play this year anyway, right? And, and we haven't seen him since the spring, so you would think the injury happened earlier in the process. He's probably a guy you look at in 2023. Yeah. Now, could they use him this year? Like, he's a very versatile offensive lineman. He has experience for a rookie. I think he would have had a chance, you know, to compete for maybe that last offensive line spot. I don't know that he would have won it. Sure. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy you just kind of put put in that 2023 column with Ronnie Perkins and – you hope that he he heals up in time for spring practices next year. Definitely. Uh, as far as offensive lineman injuries go, though, it's the same injury that also just came down the pipe over the last two days for uh, Tyron Smith, tackle from Dallas Cowboys. He also tore his hamstring right off the bone. So he's another guy in Dallas who uh, doesn't seem like he can stay healthy. He's getting up there in age. So um, with the talks of Isaiah Wynn, potentially being a trade candidate for the Patriots. Uh, do you think Dallas could potentially come and snag him from here? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely an interesting one. I think he's a fit there, right? They, they would move him back to the left side, which is probably something that he wants. And it might be something if he knows it's a possibility that he pushes for, right? Because again, he's in a contract year. Left tackles make a lot more than right tackles. They just do. So he wants to get back on that side now. And then I'll, pull up here real quick dallas's draft pick ownership i'm not sure what they own uh and i'm not sure uh sorry i'm trying to tell no, you at the same time um not owners ownership i'm not you know and it's it's not even gonna give it let's just assume they have picks right sure you know dallas has kind of come up a couple times now when, when nelson Aguilar's name was rumored he seemed like a fit and they could certainly use another receiver now i don't think the patriots are going to move a receiver at this point. I thought there maybe was a window where that could happen. I think that time's passed. Sure. But that's a team. I mean, they should compete this year. They've got a good young quarterback. They've got a good roster. They might give up, you know, a little bit more than they should to get a guy like Isaiah Wynn because you got to keep Dak upright, right? So uh, they totally seem like if the Patriots are going to move Isaiah Wynn, that's a team that, that totally makes sense as a sure. trade partner for them. Now, do you feel like, and I heard you and Evan talking about it on your podcast on 98.5 yep. yesterday. Which, you by guys, the way, Evan, Evan and I did record a podcast yes. together. You can check it out now, 98.5thesportsub.com. For everyone who wants Evan back in this box instead of me here, uh, go check that out, like Alex said, on 98.5. But don't don't got, wave the flag and red flag in front of the <laughs> like that. Mike, come on you guys were, uh You guys touched on the fact that there's not many um, – there's not many NFL-ready players on this roster to just start trading guys away without getting anybody back. So it's like, do you think anyone from Dallas is a fit, or do you think it just feels like a draft pick trade? It probably would be a draft pick. You know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of who Dallas has. If the Patriots are going to make a move, like a player-for-player player move like that, right, I think you're probably looking at a corner, an interior sure. offensive lineman, 
maybe maybe a running back if they're not super happy with either of the where either the rookies are right now. Fair. You know, I'm looking at their roster. I don't think they have tremendous cornerback depth. You know, maybe if they really loved Isaiah Wynn or maybe if the Patriots are willing to throw in a pick, they could do something like that. Tight ends, another spot. They're not tremendously depth there. I don't think they're going to move an offensive lineman, even though they do have some depth. You know, it's kind of, you lose your starting left tackle. I think all of a sudden that gets in the back of your head, right? So Exactly. Then you lose that swing tackle, that swing tackle flexibility they're they're going to have with uh, the other two, Kajust and uh, Harlan. Well, no, So. so like, I'm like, I think a, a player for player trade with Isaiah Wynn certainly makes sense. I just don't know that the player, the paid and look, maybe it's some, maybe there's just a prospect. They like it another position and they see this as their chance to get that player. Right. Sure. So it doesn't, nec- they don't necessarily have to fill a need in that trade. I think that wouldn't be the best idea, but I wouldn't rule it out either. Right. They didn't necessarily need a corner last year at the end of camp and they went out and they traded for Sean Wade. Right. But I just, I think they would need a, uh, a player for player trade makes sense. I just think the player you're looking for them to get back isn't necessarily on the Cowboys roster. The Cowboys also are a win now team. They probably want to move a uh, they probably want to move a pick. Fair. Um, well, you touched on running back um, and sort of getting into uh, Pat's Raiders day three recap, which we'll get into right now. Um, it was the last Pat's training camp of the offseason, uh, the last fully open practice uh, to the media. You guys and myself will only now be permitted to watch uh, shorter portions of practice um, kind of before they get into the real stuff. But um, starting off with day three, just some attendance, uh, an attendance recap. Tyquan Thornton, Kristen Wilkerson, Harvey Lange, obviously we know those guys didn't practice. Sean Wade was limited. Um, but another injury to keep an eye on, like I said, going tying this back to running backs, Damian Harris left practice. And uh, didn't return. Uh, anything on that? What do you think? Where do you think they're at with their running back room after a potential Harris injury? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Just because players were leaving practice and coming back throughout, yeah. right, with the heat. So, right. I almost feel like the fact we haven't heard anything is a good thing. That's Generally, fair. you hear within 24 hours if it's something serious, right? I think Taekwon mm-hmm. was, you know, we heard probably three or yeah, four the, o'clock in the afternoon right. the next day. It was late mid afternoon the next day. So, I I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't think that that that's something you know, and it could be. I I don't know. I have no inside information. But that's not something I'm right. entirely worried about. The only difference I noticed with those you know coming in and out was that uh, Aguilar and Wynn left, and then they actually came back came to the sideline and took a. They stood around at least, and Harris right. didn't. But I don't know something to keep an eye. No, on. No, that's definitely that's definitely a good point. But again, I think if it was something serious, like I was more worried about it yesterday than I am now. The right. fact we haven't heard anything, and it's not like they had to stop practice. It doesn't sound like you know they had to carry him off or anything. So right. it might just been a more severe case or something like that. Sure. Well, heading into the offense, we'll start with the offense. Um, definitely a rebound day from this offense on Wednesday compared to Tuesday. Uh, Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald. Uh, I keep going back to this quote. He called it the most troublesome offensive practice of the summer. Which is definitely saying something for for you know, Tuesday. Com- you're talking about yes for Tuesday, and they rebounded yep. off of that. Is what I'm saying. Um, it looks like the offense, you know, got it going on Wednesday. Yeah, they certainly did a little bit later in practice, and I, the telling thing for me is that when they got it going, right, it was with tempo, not necessarily full on no right. huddle, but just sort of moving the pace of things. And Mac even talked about when you get in practice, it sort of speeds up a little bit, and that helps them. This was something last year, really going back to, to the Cam Newton year, honestly, where mm-hmm. when they were in hurry up, they were at their best. And we were kind of sitting here asking, well, why aren't they running it more? They're really only running hurry up when they have to. 
instead of and they did it sometimes for the the scripted drives, but they didn't really do it a ton outside of that. So I wonder if that's going to be another thing this year where they are better and hurry up. And by the way, given their personnel, it does sort of make some sense they'd be better right. and hurry up, right? Are they, if if they are better and hurry up again this year, is it something they're going to embrace, or is it going to be another year of well? Look at that. They get in a two minute and they move the ball right down the field right. and then they come back out and they're huddling up and they're taking all the time and they mm-hmm. struggle to do it. So I, that to me is, you know, that narrative's coming back. Here we go again with that. And I feel like it's probably going to be something we're talking about a good amount this year. The thing about that, I feel like that might've been a little bit of a McDaniels thing too. It's almost like run it as it goes, run it as it goes, crap hits the fan, hurry you're up You're talking offense. about it being a McDaniels the thing tempo. that they were better in tempo or that yes. they didn't want to do tempo? No, that they didn't want to do tempo. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, yeah, we'll see how that uh, irons out, obviously, on uh, Friday and then going into the season. Mac went 20 of 25 in team drills, um, definitely an improvement from Tuesday. And he ended up finding uh, Jacoby Myers for three touchdowns, and then they ended practice with a touchdown to Hunter Henry. I love seeing him finding security blankets instead of, you know, someone who he can rely on. Because I feel like they have this wide receiver depth that we keep talking about, but it's good for him to, you know, get in a, get in a rhythm with that guy. And whether that's going to be Parker, it looks like maybe Thornton could become, not not so much that guy, but someone who they can rely on. So just seeing, you know, some chemistry really build against the Raiders, live live bullets with, with Myers and Henry seemed like something good. Yeah, and those are two guys that have kind of had quiet camps, right? And I right. don't think in a bad way, not in the way that, like, Kendrick Bourne had a quiet no. camp, right? But you didn't especially Henry, like Henry, he went out there and did his business. I know he missed a couple of days. He was hurt, but it was like, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't, it, we weren't like, Oh, Hunter Henry was the best player on the field, but we were never concerned about him either. So to see him get involved. All right, real quick. We want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor bet online, bet online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with the first to market odds and lines. And of course the Patriots beat podcast and the entire CLNS media network is powered by bet online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. They have it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, the code is CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Myers is the big one, though. I thought Myers, even though we had a lot of catches, it was a lot of check down stuff. To see Mac, him and Mac kind of stepping out a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, that's the guy. And I know Mac has the great chemistry with Kendrick Bourne. He, he's got good chemistry uh, with um, with Hunter Henry. Like, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about that. But Jacoby Myers is going to be the guy. That's just the way this offense has always been, the guy in that position that makes the offense go. So to see them get a little more aggressive, that duo specifically, I think is big. Yeah. And sort of and now moving from the pass game, which was improved to the run game, which, again, going back to your podcast with Evan the other day, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the run game was successful at all. They had uh, one successful run on seven tries. Um, it seems like they have this stable of backs, but I don't know if it's the O-line, if it's just kind of the run scheme they're trying to implement, but it doesn't seem like they can get it going. I would think that's up for, up front, right? I, yeah. I, I don't think it's the backs. Like, it, it rarely is the backs. Sure. So to me, that goes back to, and, and you look at, because the offensive line was the issue in the passing game too, right? I think they're fine. I mean, they, I, I think they're fine at running back. They have two yeah, really, yeah. You know, really good backs in Damian Harris and Andre Stevenson. 
it's it's different, right? Because you're not when they're running the Shanahan stuff, you're not necessarily running to a spot. You ha- right. kind of have to be patient and mm-hmm. then wait for the hole to open up and go. So it's a it, you know, not that the backs are bad; they have to adjust to that. The blocking scheme for that is incredibly different too. Right. I'm not surprised they're having trouble running the ball in camp. I'm surprised they're having as much trouble as they are. Or it shouldn't be this ugly necessarily. Right. And it should be but, improving a little bit too. And it right. doesn't and seem like they're that's getting the other thing. Yeah. And that's kind of been the theme of this podcast throughout camp has been, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, people are freaking out. Why are you so worried about them being bad? It's just training camp. It's just August. It's not that they're bad. It's that they're, we haven't necessarily seen the progress. And mm-hmm. we started to the last couple of days here, but you're right. You want to see that offensive line, maybe get it going a little bit, uh, in the run game, I think that will fix a lot. And another kind of building off the O-line, another nugget from camp on Wednesday was uh, Max Crosby was all over Mac Jones. And they're going to have Max Crosby, and they're going to have Chandler Jones on the other side of that offensive line. Now, granted, they're not going to face a front like uh, Oakland, like Vegas every week. But uh, I still – I dude, I still say San Diego. <laughs> yeah. What is – I want to ask you what you think. What's the solution here for this offensive line at the end of the day? Well, I think what's important to remember – right is you're not necessarily scheming for these guys and max sure. Crosby's going to win one-on-one more often than not right you're wins not going and watching tape studying him they're not necessarily leaving the running back in help anything like that so max Crosby's also just like uh, one of the best pass rushers yeah. in the league <laughs> right so i i look at that and it's like all right so isaiah wins not an elite right tackle we knew that you shouldn't have needed this week to learn that right I just think it's like, all right, him versus Max Crosby one-on-one is a mismatch. We know you just hope that in the regular season they can scheme it up better where that's not necessarily the case. Sure. What you need is Trent Brown winning one-on-one on the other side. I mean, on that's what it comes about, and that's what me and Evan talked about the other day, that Chandler Jones had a good couple days against Trent Brown. That might be the bigger concern. I I, I, I know people are going to be like, oh, Alex is a homer. He says, don't look when Isaiah wins sucks. Like, it's tough to read a ton into Max Crosby beating him like a drum. It is. It's if that happens week one when it's schemed up, then yeah, we can have the the alerts up. And I am interested to see what Isaiah Wynn's going to look like week one. I think that's a massive question. I'm not necessarily yeah. expecting the best. I just think I, I had questions about Isaiah Wynn coming into the week. I have the same questions about him coming out. I, I didn't I, learn a ton, but that doesn't mean that I'm good with Isaiah Wynn at right tackle. It's like, you, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because then you don't want to trade this guy either because you don't have much better than Isaiah Wynn to just plug well, and play the, in there the, either. The question becomes, how big is the drop-off between him and Justin Huron or him and Yadni Kajus, right? You know, if they don't think the drop-off is that big and you're going to let him walk at the end of the year anyway, and you can pick up maybe like a fourth-round pick, well, then is it the worst, Right. If Wynn's right. going to be out there and it's going to be an issue with him anyway, where's the drop-off at? Now, if they think that he's the guy at right tackle and they're confident in him, then, yeah, you don't make the move, right? But if they think, and it's a good point in the chat, whether it's Haran or Kajuster, if they move Michael Onwenu out there, now that opens up another hole at right guard. And I don't know if that's James Ferens, Cody Russi, Arlington Hambright. Like, you got to figure that one out. And that's not necessarily an easy answer either. I think you're still going to have a question mark there. You're going to have a question mark somewhere regardless. But if you don't think the drop-off from win is big, then you make the move. If, if they feel like it's a drop-off, then, yeah, you don't do it. Sure. And those kind of roster reconstructions are some things that we'll end up touching on Sunday anyway at 10 a.m. So we'll keep you keep you posted for that. But transitioning now to what the defense did, um, Jalen Mills on Tuesday was seemingly toasted by Devontae Adams playing and play out. Uh, it looks like he rebounded uh, from that. He went 2-0 and against him in one-on-ones, according to our friend Evan. And then 
He also allowed just one reception on Adams and team drill. I saw that from Zach Cox from Nesson. So looks like CB1 kind of rebounded from his Tuesday. Yeah, so this is kind of the same thing I just said with Wynn, right? Where, I mean, Devontae Adams just a dog. He's, yeah. and, and not me and gonna... Ryan had this debate uh, whenever the last show was Monday or Tuesday. Is he the best outside, you know, boundary receiver in the league? It's probably him or Hopkins, right? I mm-hmm. would take him. If people want to tell me they take Hopkins, I think that's fair. You're not going to have him for six games, though. So that is true. That is a good <laughs> point. Well, the point being, like, again, it's they're not necessarily scheming it. I don't know that in right. a game it's going to be Jalen Mills on Devontae Adams on an island. And yes, right. the Patriots could do that with JC Jackson, Stephon Gilmore. They can't do that anymore. I don't think anybody was, ex- if you were expecting Mills to be that guy, you were mistaken. Again, this shouldn't have been the wake up call to give you that information. We knew that. Mm-hmm. I think it's big he bounced back. I think it's impressive he did as well as he did. You know, looking down the road, he's probably going to have some help. But it was, I, I think wake-up call is the best way to put it. Like, this isn't he, – he was great all camp, and credit to him, and that doesn't get erased. And he had a right. really good week against the Panthers, who – not Devontae Adams, but DJ Moore is a good receiver in his own right. You know, the fact that he can clamp a guy like DJ Moore, honestly, that surprised me. I didn't know that yeah. he was going to be quite there yet. I thought that would be a little more 50-50. So him being better than that is encouraging. I didn't expect him to – to clamp Devontae Adams by any means. And that's just the error they're in now. It's more corner by committee. You're not just going to be able to erase a guy like you have in the past. And that's sort of what we saw. Right. And something that, you know, you're sort of alerting to me that everyone worries about the media sirens that go off every single practice. Um, And I mean, I do it myself too. I call myself very optimistically pessimistic about this team. It's It's a jumble of words in my mouth, but they're not scheming for these guys. So when it's, Devontae on Mills one-on-one when it's Max Crosby on Isaiah Wynn one-on-one you know they're not scheming for that they're not going to win those matchups one-on-one but it's the fact that when they can scheme them ahead of a Miami Dolphins game or ahead of a right. you have a full week to do these type of things things are going to change um another quick cornerback note uh Miles Bryant looked to have taken over some slot corner reps from Marcus Jones um how confident are you in Mark Miles Bryant being on that inside as a starter like how how confident am I that he's going to be the starter or how confident am I that he's going to be good at it? Uh, we, two different questions. They are. Uh, and, let's start. Go ahead. No. So, okay. So like I'm, I'm a big miles Bryant guy when they signed him, like I had him as the guy in that UDFA class. I was like, this mm-hmm. is the guy. And unfortunately I was due during COVID. I was laid off at the time. I don't have it written anywhere, but there's texts to people. Sure. Miles Bryant's going to be the UDFA. And I was like, ah, he's not going to be a great corner, but he's going to be the guy from this class. So I like miles Bryant. I think he's going to be the guy to start just because they tend to favor veterans over rookies. And I know we think of Miles Bryant as a young player, but he's been here. This is going to be his third year. Marcus Jones has been here, what, three, four months. Right. I, I think they're going to favor him. Now, that certainly could shift as the year goes on, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe Marcus Jones gets more rep, and, and that's kind of how they've handled things in the past. I think Miles Bryant can handle his own in the right matchup. He's not a speed guy. That was made perfectly clear last year. The speed slots, like you can't, that's where I think Marcus Jones maybe gets more run. And Mm -hmm. week one is going to be interesting because it's the veteran, but Marcus Jones is probably the better fit to cover a guy like Jalen Waddell. But when they're going up against like the traditional shifty slot guys, Mm -hmm. that's a matchup I like Miles Bryant in. And I think we'll see him more in those sort of games. I think they'll play those two guys based off matchups with a preference towards Bryant early on. I also think you could see some situations where they're both on the field and Miles Bryant's playing some safety. We've seen him do that in the past. So 
that's that's where I'm at with those two guys. I, I do think we're going to see a good amount of Miles Bryant to start the season. Sure. Well, speaking of these guys battling for jobs, there's a ton of us battling for jobs out there. And as we gear up for fall, as the Patriots gear up for fall, as job searchers and hunters grab up, uh, gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small businesses fire on all cylinders. So LinkedIn Jobs is here to make that easier, to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Uh, I know that I'm someone who does this full time. I heard Brian saying this uh, the other day. I have a, or I do this part time, excuse me. I have another job part, uh, full time. And I'm always on LinkedIn trying to see what I can, you know, get going for sports media jobs for, you know, you always keep your eye out, right? Always reevaluate. Um, so with LinkedIn, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs, and that will reach the largest professional network of over 810 million people. You can add that job. Uh, and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring uh, so your network can find the right people to hire. Uh, LinkedIn has simple tools like screening questions. They make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one at delivering high qual delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 40 million, Alex, that's a lot. Post your job for free. <laughs> post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You'll see it on our lower third here. Uh, linkedin.com slash beat. Um, so that's our shout out to our sponsor. Um, next on the defense that I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, Jelani Tavai. Is that how you say his last name? Tavai, Tavai. Tavaya. Tavaya, okay. Um, seemed like he was out-repping Mac Wilson at linebacker. He's someone who I really didn't expect to make this team, and now I feel like, you know, Bill said something about him last week, and I feel like the the tires are really turning on him to maybe make a, a jump on this 53. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's funny to me, and I said this on the show the other day, right? They never tell us anything. The Patriots mm -hmm. never tell us anything, and we're left guessing. And then Bill comes out and says, Jelani Tavaya is going to be a big part of what we're going to do. And we all just ignore it. Like if that was right. any other player, like if he came out and was like Marcus Jones, because we we're just talking about him. If he came out and said, Marcus right. Jones is going to be a big part of what we're going to do. We'd all be like, oh my God, like this is great. They have a rookie. Talking about a rookie. Yeah. Right. It's all Jelani. He says about Jelani Tavaya and we're like, that can't be true. Yeah. Just forget about that. It's not important. So no, it does seem like he's going to be a big part of what they do. I mean, it makes sense in terms, you know, from their point of view, like you mm -hmm. can see it, right. He's, a big body downhill linebacker. He's a very technically sound player. Uh, high, high football IQ. He was a draft pick of Matt Patricia's Patricia took him in the second round of 2020 in Detroit. So there's that connection. I get why they like him in terms of yeah. like, I understand why they think he's a good player. I don't know, you know, and, and fine. Like they can think he's a good player. Is he better than Raekwon McMillan? Is right. he better than Mac Wilson? Not, across the board, you know, third right. and one or second and one. Yeah. Throw him out there. Fourth and one. Yeah, he's going to come downhill and eat a block. Certainly passing downs. McMillan and Wilson are both way more athletic, way more explosive, right. better in coverage. I would think that th I would think those guys should get those snaps, but they, they like to buy. And Bill also said the other day, he's emerged as a leader on this team. And those guys tend to play. Right. If you're popular in the locker room, they're going to put you on the field because they want guys leading by example. So, I think we're going to see a good amount of Jelani Tavai at least to start the year here. That should be interesting. Uh, that's kind of what I had for uh, a wrap up of Wednesday. Do you have anything else on your mind before we hop into a preview for um, 
Uh, sounds like Matt Judon and the defensive front still look outstanding. That's going to be the unit that carries. Yeah. My last oh. little point here was just I'm not worried about their front seven one bit. Uh, guys like Judon, Uche, Anthony Jennings, who's kind of popped here. So um, let me ask you this. Hang on. So you're not worried about Josh Uche. And I'm not saying I'm – let me figure out a phrase. I'm not worried about Josh Uche. But Josh Uche has been a guy that the first two years he's been here looks incredible in camp. Mm-hmm. And then it just never truly carries over to the regular season. He has his flashes, but it's not necessarily consistent. You Do you think this year is going to be different? I hope so. I feel like it's the same thing, like you said, that's happening. Well, I know you time. hope so, I mean, but like, do you think you, you said you're not worried about him? I'm not is worried it just about blind faith. It's, it's a little bit of blind faith just because okay. of how good the whole, the whole front seven's kind of working off each other. Um, so that's, that's a fair one. Like, like Matthew yeah. Jude on a Christian Barmore and we've talked about this and they've talked about it need to open things up for the guys around them. Like they can exactly. open things up for the guys around them. So you think it's something like that. Yeah. If it's up to just Uche, no, I don't see it happening, but if they can kind of scheme this thing up together, like, I, like we said with that front seven, working off each other, open, opening gaps, opening things like that, then yeah, I'm not worried about Uche. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but heading into now we have Friday night, eight 15 Allegiant stadium, Patriots versus Giants. We'll hop into a quick game preview here. Um, this is the Pats and Raiders last tune up before the regular season. Uh, we have our last chance for bubble guys to get themselves on the roster. Um, Debating uh, or depending on what starters play and don't play, Alex, what are you most looking forward to on Friday? So obviously, you know, the, the starters playing hinges on this, but it's it's really the back end of the roster guys yeah. you're looking at in this game. So can Trey Nixon make that last push? I know a lot of people were excited about him, right? It, I it can't feels like wait Jordan see. Humphrey has that spot. Yeah, I know. I'm, that's just that's one of the things I'm kind of looking at, too. I can't wait to see how the back end of this wide receiver room comes together. Right. So so last audition for that, I think the rookie running backs. I know Kevin Harris has gotten some run, but it's been late in games. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't play Stevenson uh, or Harris because he got hurt. And then if like Stevenson or, or Montgomery take it light, it's going to be those two guys and J.J. Taylor. I've see, personally seen enough of J.J. Taylor. I think if J.J. Taylor plays a lot Friday night, that's a bad sign for J.J. Taylor making the roster. I want to see the r- rookie backs, though. Uh, yeah. That one's going to be interesting. The, the And we can kind of go, but I'm just kind of laying it out. We can go back yeah. and pick on individual ones after the battle at right tackle. You know, as I mentioned before, is a fascinating one to me, the middle linebacker usage. And then Sean Wade, Sean Wade's a really interesting player. I think they're, you know, their depth at corner. Yeah. It's deep in terms of the number of players, but I, it feels like there's a lot of what ifs at that spot. Totally. And when that's the case, I almost feel like the more, the better, because you're just playing the odds at that point. Right. So I think Sean, I had Sean Wade on and then he made those two special teams blunders last week. And I yeah. think that would be enough to swing it, but that's I fair. don't think but he also looked like he also he looked, looked good at so corner. Yeah. So that's it's the tough. thing. Like I don't have it, but what's he going to be playing more corner or special teams? Like that's how they look at it. When I say yeah. I have him off, I mean like if they had to make the decision today, I think he's off. Right. Yeah. But I don't think he's totally done. I think he can play his way back on. So that's, that's a lot of what I'm interested to see. Oh, and I'd yeah. love to see Marcus Jones return a punt. We really, he kind of did, but not like openly, right? Right. I want to see him really get in the open field return a punt. Yeah. One of the things that you just said that the whole JJ Taylor thing, I just thought he looked so fast last Friday when he got the ball. I know you say you're sick of him, but like, I just feel like he's so much more dynamic of a runner than Kevin Harris can be. Kevin Harris scored that touchdown the first week, but he, he averaged like a yard and a half a carry. I just, I don't know. I feel like Kevin Harris is so much more expendable than JJ right now because JJ also returns punts and kicks. Yeah, I just, 
here's the thing. So JJ Taylor, I believe, is in the last year of his contract, right? Mm-hmm. And and whichever guy doesn't make the team of those two that we're talking about here is is going to the practice squad, you would think. Yeah. If you cut JJ Taylor, you don't, you know, you're re-signing him to a one-year deal. You're back where you started. If you cut Kevin Harris, you burn three years a term, right? You get rid That's of that fair. rookie contract. So was he a six round pick? Six round pick, but it's still four okay. years. No, I know. Right? I was just yeah, I couldn't yeah, remember. So it between the two, I think that there's, it, it makes more sense to keep Harris if you can justify it. That's fair. I think it's, I mean, you think it's between those two guys anyway, right? You think it's uh, Stevenson, Harris, Stevenson, Harris, Montgomery. Are locks. Are locks. Pierre Strong, I think he's in there as a lock right now. I don't see him coming off, especially like you say, as a fourth round, fourth round pick. The only thing with him, I, because he's working his way back from injury, he could be a guy that, you know, maybe gets a, you know, an IR placement, like yeah, okay. on and off or something like that. Right. I could see them giving him some time. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that back end of the wide receiver room again, because that's, that's what I'm excited for. I think, and I'm fired up to see Lil Jordan Humphrey get some action again. He leads them in receptions with 11 this preseason. He's second in yards, I think just behind Nixon. He made that unreal special teams play last Friday. I don't want to say the word lock because it's crazy as your sixth receiver, but what, what does he have to do on Friday to not make this team? Not screw up. I think I, I don't want to say he's a lock, but I think he's a guy that right. Not, not all 53 guys are locks until the roster's done. Right. Like right. that's just, you know, I, I think he's on right now. I don't think that you I know, agree again, if he, if he comes out and he drops a couple passes and bad special teams play like that can change. But right. especially with the Tyquan Thornton injury, where they're going to want that depth, he's not getting through waivers. He's not. He's an NFL player. And right. this shouldn't be a surprise to people. He was on the Saints for three years Yeah. after being after being signed as a UDFA. I mean, he's been in the league, right? Right. So I don't think he goes unclaimed. The no. only reason, and, and let's remember too, and I'll point this out, the only reason the Saints didn't re-sign him, they tried to re-sign him back in March, and he failed his physical. So it's not like they didn't right. want him back. Right. He just had to get healthy, and he did. Now he is. They're not getting right. him through waivers. So if he's going to make the team, they have to keep him. I think with mm-hmm. the Tyquan Thornton injury, with Devontae Parker's injury history, which isn't as bad as people make it out to be, but it's still notable. No, but it's there. It's a thing. Right. Yeah. So the weird thing with him, let me just say this real quick. He's only played a full season once, but he's never played less than 10 games. So okay. you're only going to need a couple games, right? That's right. Lodron Humphrey, perfect. Two or three games in that role, sure. perfect. But if yeah. they're going to keep him, they have to keep him. He's not somebody you can cut and bring back. Yeah. So I, I think he ends up making the team. Yeah, me too. Yeah, somebody um, brought up in the chat. I mean, if I'm the Packers, I'm all over that. If I'm the Packers, I might call on him. I might see if oh, I can yeah. move a pick for him. Like, yeah. he'd be such a good fit. But I think the Patriots want to keep him. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is my own gripe. It's not really a story. Not a gripe, but this is kind of my thing that I'm very interested to see. I've been interested in it all camp. It's okay. backup quarterback. All right. Is Brian Hoyer at all expendable? I understand cutting him increases their cap number. But at that point, you're going to be playing roster management more than cap management because they have some space to work with. If Bailey Zappi, and I'm being serious, I know it sounds sounds headliney. If Bailey Zappi continues to play decent football, can they keep two quarterbacks and get Hoyer out of here? No, no, because... So one, they don't necessarily have a ton of cap space to play with. I would disagree with that assessment. Okay. And his contract is much tougher to cut this year than it was last year. Like he got guaranteed money. It's a two-year deal, all of that. Sure. The other thing is 
Bailey, so the competition is really like I, I would agree. There's a competition for who dresses on game day behind Matt. Sure. Totally valid, you know, question there. But what Hoyer does for both guys, Mac and Zappy, off the field, in the film room, in the classroom, just helping them navigate being NFL players. And Mac talked about last year how that right. relationship was maybe as important as any that he had in the building. You, you can't move on Don't from that guy. You can't. He's too valuable. Right. He's too valuable for the for the incentives. So or, or the intangibles. Sorry, I I would be pretty surprised if they cut Brian Hoyer. I I would consider that a surprise cut. That's fair. That's again. That's why it's my own thing. But I just I there's been bonehead plays from Bailey Zappi, but I feel like he can do it. And like you said, the competition for the backup job is there. But with how cerebral I know Mac Jones makes mistakes, but with how cerebral he already has been with their changing a little bit of the offensive scheme they're running. I wonder how important Hoyer is. I know he teaches you how to play NFL quarterback. I get all that. He's been around. He's been behind Brady. But when it comes down to these special teams, these special teams salary, uh, salary these special teams roster spots that they look for, what's, what's more expendable? You're a third quarterback who. Right. But here's know. the thing. <laughs> and like, I think, Three or four years ago, like pre pre the COVID roster rules, it's mm-hmm. it's much more of a, a a 50-50 argument. But right. So you're talking about a guy like Demarcus Mitchell, right? Who, yes. Who's going to come in? And, right. They can get to. I, I I feel pretty good that they can get Demarcus Mitchell to the practice squad. If they can't, they're going to get a Demarcus Mitchell type of player right. that somebody yeah. else is trying to get to their practice squad. I look at mm-hmm. some of the guys that they faced in joint practices: Aaron Mosby in Carolina. Uh, Isaiah Pola Mao out of you must know him. You're a USC guy. Isaiah Pola Mao. Oh yeah, out of USC, the safety yeah. who's with the Raiders, who by all accounts out there has had a good camp, right? Yeah, they're going to be able to get one of those guys onto the practice squad, and then they can elevate those guys. So you don't necessarily need to give that guy a roster spot. Not all of them. Matthew Slater deserves a roster spot. Cody Davis right. deserves a roster spot, right? But Brendan Schooler. So he's I, again. Does he deserve a roster spot? Has he played well enough to earn one? Yes. But that's true of more than 53 people. I know. You can only keep 53 guys. School, like, so this is kind of, when I did my projection, which you can find on 985thesportshub.com, granted I did it before the joint practices, so some things might have changed. But to me, it came down to Humphrey or Schooler for the last spot. That was Mm -hmm. me putting it together. That was Mm -hmm. the 53rd player. And what what broke my decision was, well, I think they can get Schooler to the practice squad. I don't think that they can get Humphrey. They'll get Humphrey. And that's what it came down to. And that is something they're going to absolutely consider. So I think Schooler's a rosterable player. Absolutely do. I think he could be here for 10 years covering kicks. I just don't know that the spot's there for him this year right now. And I still think they can keep him in the building without having to force somebody else off the roster. Sure. That's that's another room I'm kind of looking for to see play out is safety just because I mean, schoolers a safety, but he's ultimately a special teamer. Yeah. A guy like Josh, a guy like Josh Bledsoe, who has, has had spurts of flashes. Um, I don't know if he can make a, make a case I for think, himself on Friday. I think they really like him. Me I know too. he maybe hasn't popped in camp as much as some people would have wanted after those first right. couple of days, but I think there, I think he is, you know, real serious fans in that building. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's getting cut. I don't either. I, so we're talking roster projections. I posted one on Sunday. Alex posted one earlier this week. I'm going to have a final one prior to Sunday, Monday. I believe Alex is too. And we'll kind of touch on that um, coming in on Sunday, but he's a guy right now who I also have on the roster. I have a lot of safeties on this roster because 
their safety room, I I call it stacked. You have well, they like safeties. They look exactly. That, that might be Bill's favorite position yeah. in football. Right, because you have McCordy, who's your journeyman, who kind of teaches right. the way. Obviously, Kyle Duggar's a beast. The way did you see that clip of him throwing Ikki Okwanu? Yeah, uh, that was unbelievable. And then even uh, Peppers, who is your Swiss Army knife. I mean, that that room stacked. You have a special teamer now there. So if you keep say five safeties, that's a lot of safeties, but they're going to want to do it, and so you're going to have to take stuff away from other other positions. So that's going to be good to see play out. Um, Let's see what else we got. One last thing, and it's Kendrick Bourne related. If the starters play, I just want to see how he gets integrated back into a first team, second team type mix. Yeah, he obviously had his his crazy week last week of getting booted out of practice. Then he was demoted in the following practice. Then he was essentially a don't show up, no show type guy on Friday. I touted him as someone who was tradable. I got a lot of flack on Twitter for it. I said that he sent shockwaves through Gillette Stadium. Yeah, I may have fabricated that one a little bit. With that one. But nonetheless. I'm glad you can admit it. No, of course. I mean, hey, we're here for it. Anyway, um, may have may have touted that a little bit, but I want to see what they do with him and kind of how he fits back into the scheme. Yeah, it sounded like he was working with the ones out in Vegas, you know, a little bit. So that's certainly encouraging to see. He had a slow camp last year. He may just be a yeah. game day player. That doesn't mean like you totally get a pass on a bad camp and it wasn't a good camp for him, but a guy who, you know, coming in was tabbed as a breakout candidate this season, just based right. off what he did last year. And he still could do that, but a lot of that hype's been cooled down now. So it is going to be interesting to see what he does, but I get a feeling we're not going to get a re- we're not going to get a good look at him in terms of like, if yeah. he plays, it's going to be very minimal. I, I right. think he's a guy we're going to have to, we're going to have to see if, how that one's answered in real time. Is he putting trade tape out there or is he, they're not going to move him. I, I would okay. be very surprised. Just the, expect, the contract's I think so too. too good. It's you're not going to get back what he's worth on the chance that he does bounce back and has a big season. Eight hundred yard guy for six right. million dollars against the cap. Like you don't you don't just give up on that because he had a bad couple weeks. Right as as uh, as stuff was hitting the fan last week, I, it went through my head. Obviously, I wrote about it a little bit on clnsmedia.com, but then. As soon, essentially, as soon as Thornton's injury came out as a real thing, that I was like, yeah, they, they don't have the flexibility here. Like we said with right. with Parker's tra- uh, with injury history, which we'll put in quotes because it's up in the air. But um, so yeah, that's kind of the receiver room. Any other Patriots you're you're ready or willing or ready to watch on Friday? Uh I think we said we said like half the roster, right? Yeah, we yeah we kind of covered it here. Uh, do we here? A... Well, do we want to do this here? We got like five minutes left. If people want to put names in the chat, if there's a name that, sure. that we didn't mention that you want to hear us talk about, we'll we'll just pull some up. And this is a good one right here. We'll start here. Carl Davis has had a sneaky good camp as a run stopper. Not a three down player, but right. If they want to play, and this is something we talked about earlier in camp after Devon Godshaw signed that extension, we talked about him mm-hmm. maybe playing some three tech. If they want to do that and they still want a true nose, it's Carl Davis. Very affordable player. He's a leader on the team. I have him on. It's close. And I think they maybe could get him to the practice squad if they cut him. Mm-hmm. But I think they really like him. I, I have him on. I don't have him on right now. Um, I'm trying to pull up kind of where I had the, the D-line at. Um, I had LeBron Ray on my So I had LeBron Ray, uh, too. He was the my, thing is, okay. did you also keep Sam Roberts? I did not. Okay, if you that's keep, what it was. If you keep both of those guys, it's impossible to keep Davis. If you keep one, right. you kind of make it work. I yeah. went deep. I went seven defensive linemen. I went deep. Not everybody carries that. Many. Okay, yeah, no, I had 
five where I'm at right now because I okay. have the special teamers out the out the rear. So you have a ton um, of special teamers. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like they. But uh, Carl, I mean, I don't know about him. He he's a good player. People, I like, know what he does is limited. So I think that's why people don't think about him as much. Right. But exactly. For what he does, he's very good at it. Yeah, he fall like you said. He kind of falls under the radar as a guy who pops, but like you say, right. what he does, he's good. So I mean, he has a chance. It's they have. I mean, it's the their last chance on Friday. So I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how he kind of shakes out here. Yeah. Anyone else? Uh, so we Ray. just kind of touched on LeBron Ray. I have LeBron yeah. Ray on. I, so he I. should make the team. He's an NFL player. Again, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar, LeBron Ray is like a probably top sixty draft pick who was hurt his entire career at Alabama. The yeah. talent's there. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. I have him on. You touted him throughout. Um, throughout I mean, leading the up to draft, the draft season, didn't you? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I had them taking him. him in mocks in like right. the sixth or seventh round. So. Yeah, no, he's had a good camp. I think he can. He'll be. I have him on right now. It's similar to someone like uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, who you just have to essentially be bad on Friday to not make the team. I think that he's in right. that same that same bubble. All right, so Sam Roberts, they might be going head to head for a roster spot. Yeah, he's looked good in games. He really hasn't shown up in practices. He's clearly a developmental player. I know I just said the thing about you don't want to burn term on rookie contracts and cut these guys, but I think Roberts is a guy that they may move to the practice squad. He's like we said, he's someone about uh, like we said about some other guys here. He's someone who can find himself on the practice squad, like won't get picked up through waivers. So I think he's a non 53 guy at the start and then a potential practice squad guy. I agree with you there. So here's the interesting one then Henry Anderson. I think people are you, you have him off. I have him off. I have him on, but late. He's okay. if they're going to keep Ray and Roberts, that's pretty much the cut. He reminds me, I feel like he's similar to Carl Davis, where you just don't, he doesn't pop. He doesn't, it, I haven't seen too much from him. And yeah, he hasn't really played much, which would make you think he's, he's going to get on there easily, but someone, and I'm going, I'm kind of going back and forth with position groups here, but someone like Terrence Mitchell, who we haven't seen right. either. I don't think he's necessarily a lock. Like I, I put him and Henry Anderson in the same category. Okay. The thing, the uh, difference to me between Anderson and Davis is Davis has a carrying trait. He he's he's a very good run stopper. Anderson's good across the board, but he's right. not necessarily great at any one thing. Yeah. Uh, we already discussed Demarcus Mitchell. I forget. Did you have him on or off? I don't. I don't have him on. I have him off. Definitely a practice squad candidate. Yeah. I had Jason Hines off. I the slow start hurt him. He could be an IR guy. He could be a practice squad guy. Yeah, I have him off too. You have him off. We talked yeah. about Sean Wade earlier in the show. I'm as my 55th player right now. The special teams issues last week could hurt him but i'm you know, he i he's a guy for me guy. right now i i have him on you have him on interesting yeah. okay i have him just off but i don't think he's off off sure. uh you just mentioned terrence mitchell you don't think he's safe i think he's safe because that room is young without him there is not a ton of experience in that room right it's a room that even when butler and joan williams went to ir it still didn't iron anything out really because i didn't have them right. gonna, gonna be there anyway um I have Mitchell on right now. I think he's he's close to cemented, but depending on what we see from younger guys on Friday, they could. I think they could push him off. So here's an interesting one: Tristan Vizcaino. No, has well, no, he's not making the team. He's okay. going to the next. But here's why it's interesting: the Jaguars just cut their only kicker. They don't have one on the roster. Who was the kicker? I, I can't remember. Okay, there's a couple teams that either don't have kickers or like don't have real established NFL kickers on their roster. Right. Could you flip Tristan Vizcaino for a seventh round pick? Maybe. I don't put it, don't put it past Bill. 
at no, all. No, I, I don't either. I, that's it. He's in it. I wonder if they give him and look, Nick Falk's older. They're generally careful about his usage, right? Right. Tristan Vizcaino showcase game Friday night. Maybe he's going to get his reps. Yeah. Uh, Jake Bailey's looked outstanding since the yeah. spring. He was hurt yeah. last year. Lock he's, him up. he's good to go. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Put him put him on ice. He's ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, let's see, is there anybody else we haven't touched on? Mac Jones, Ryan, or, or not Ryan, Cheese, Mike. Um, we, we really haven't talked a ton about Mac Jones no. this summer. The offense has struggled around him. It hasn't necessarily been him. Right. You'd think second-year quarterback would get a ton of attention. As training camp comes to a close, I can't believe we didn't do this. Like, where are we at with Mac Jones here? His, I- his first, remember. This was his first full NFL camp as a starter. At this time right. last year, he was still the backup. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have. I'm Homer. Mac, I'm a Homer Mac Jones guy. I have so much confidence in him. I feel like he just, despite everything that's kind of se- seemingly crumbling around him as our our media sirens go off with things that going on in practice. Although Mac Jones hasn't looked outstanding, he looks comfortable, confident, and someone who is just going to be here for a long time that they'll just keep building around. I have no gripes with Mac Jones. There's obviously he's going to make the team. I know that we're in this, uh, we're in our kind of roster talk right, right now. No, this is a different thing. We're just close. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with Mac Jones. I got no issues with Mac Jones. What about you? Where are you on? Where are you on Mac Jones and his camp? I am. I, I think he's done what he needs to do to get better. The footwork's better. The mechanics yeah. are better. I don't know that it's like above and beyond. Whoa, but he's definitely better. No, but it's improved. Right. Right. He's, he's made the jump you would expect him to make. You would want him to make. Now yeah. it's a matter of, can the rest of the offense around him reach that level? And can they be better as a unit? So. Right. And that's, yeah, that's what we'll see going into uh, Miami is going to be a big test. One last thing, I guess we can touch on. It's a little more, uh, a little more off football topic, but the UC UFC visit that the Patriots took yesterday, we have a nice yeah. Bill Belichick meme coming in with the uh, Dana White giving them the belt. Uh, what'd you think? What'd you think of their visit to, to UFC HQ? Well, so, I mean, it begs the question and Bill with his hands up holding the belt, right? That's going to be uh, added to the, to the list of all time Belichick memes. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. UFC Bill Belichick will also probably be a pretty popular Halloween <laughs> costume, but oh, yeah. So it begs the question, what is the best Bill Belichick meme or GIF or GIF or whatever? My classic is the go-to orange juice sipping at the coaches' meetings. Okay. I think that's I think that's a you can use that in a bunch of settings. Um what about you? Where are I, you at on I like one? the walking out of the tunnel in Detroit. That's my personal favorite. Oh, I get it. Okay, fair. I, I tweet post that every it. single time someone gets cut. Yeah, I will post it for not like I only use it for non Patriots related things. Like I use it for other sports. I use it when it's a guy sure. the Patriots clearly aren't going to yeah. get, and it bugs the hell out of people. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, so. it's a good gif. Yeah, that's a good gif. Still, photo is the OJ to the mouth. Um, okay. So, I don't know something uh, Dana White related. He came out and breaking some Brady Gronk news last week, saying that there was potential for them to be in Vegas. Um, and we also got an answer to Brady saying you're sticking with that MFR. Looks like it was Derek Carr. Do you think there was any, like, there's any real legs to that? I feel like we've said we've gotten an answer to that question like ten times, though. Yeah, we like, talked about Fitzpatrick and Tua. Now with it the, was Garoppolo, it was Garoppolo. Tannehill, it was yeah Fitzpat. Like I don't know. I the whole Brady he he left. I get it. He left. He wanted to play somewhere else. I, I, at that point, it's just I'm sick of the drama too. Things. It's yeah. not football. I have no interest in it. Okay. Well, fair enough. Alex, thank you for uh, integrating me into the Patriots beat hosting seat. Um, we will do this Not again. Yet. 
no, me and Alex will do this again on Sunday morning. We're going to break down Friday's game. Um, we'll give our final roster sort of projections ahead of Monday's cutdown day. Um, so that's it for that today. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, for Alex Bartham, 98.5, I'm Mike Cadlick from CLNS Media. Thank you all for watching.